Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional musician. This podcast is brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I'm your host, Katie Thompson. Thanks, everyone, for being here with me. On the episode today, we have Ms. Kelly Johnson, an Alabama-born singer-songwriter who is really working her way up in the inner circles of Nashville's finest songwriters. She's been performing all over the place in Nashville, uh, pre-COVID anyway, and now that COVID is finally starting to die its slow, horrible, painful death, um, you know, there's there's music coming back in Nashville, and so she's been able to book a few shows and play some more writer's rounds. But Kelly, interestingly enough, is not pursuing an artist's career. She's pursuing more of a songwriter's career. And I'm going to let her tell you what that looks like. And for anybody who is dipping their toes into songwriting, or even somebody who has been songwriting, this episode is definitely for you. She's got a lot of really cool tips and tricks for what it's like to be in a writer's room and you know what it's like to get a cut how you negotiate a split things like that really useful information for anybody who is really trying to level up their songwriting career with that being said i'm going to play you a little bit of her song record high Welcome, everybody, to Paradox Jukebox. I'm your host, Katie Thompson, and today I have the lovely Kelly Johnson with me. Say hello, darling. Hey, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have to say that uh, I'm, I'm very blessed. I've known Kelly for a couple of years now. Uh, we met in Nashville uh, at the end of a writer's retreat that uh, I went to. She was She's already alumni of the retreat at that point. Uh, it's Judy Stakey's It All Starts With a Song songwriting retreat. And yes. my first experience with Kelly was her letting me borrow her Collings guitar to play on stage. <laughs> I remember that. I think you were playing with Lauren that night, right? Lauren Wontrub? Yeah. Yep. I was playing yes, with Lauren yeah, that Yeah, y'all night. had a great song. I think, had y'all written that together? Or th- um, I'm trying to remember. I think y'all had written one together, but I, I remember uh, I was admiring your guitar chops for sure. So. Oh, <laughs> thank you. You know, honestly, I, I can't even remember what songs I played that evening. I, I know. I mean, there's days that I leave rights and it's like, I can't even remember the song that I just wrote. <laughs> once I get out, you have to relearn it to play it out somewhere. It's just like, <laughs> they all go into this. There are the special ones that just stick in your head, you know, but when you're writing a lot, it's hard to, to remember every single one without some prompting. Well, and you are, you are writing every day. 
<laughs> yes. So I don't I even said, know how you do it. Of, well, I made the mistake of saying, I'm going to slow down and just not book so much. And, you know, there most days I'm writing t- twice a day. And some, some days I'll try to squeeze a third in. I don't like to do that. And I don't like writing on the weekends because I usually, you know, do shows or family time then. But, you know, if it's a good write and you've got a good, good thing going and you're driving and they squeeze you in, then it, you always try to make it happen, you know? So. Absolutely. I can't even imagine trying to do three co-writes in a day though. Cause I mean, <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> that, I mean, just, that's a lot of emotion that's going into a song. I'm sure you get drained pretty easily. Absolutely. You know, and it's weird. Sometimes the morning writes kind of slow and then that afternoon you'll kick it in high gear. And then sometimes it's a really, really good morning writing that second when you're just sucking wind, just like, oh, I need some coffee or caffeine or something. So yep, something. It's just, it has a lot to do with what's happened in the day and who your co-writers are and what their day's been like so far. And for the most part, I've got a really, really great tribe around me of, of songwriters and we've just found our, our rhythm, you know, and so we know when we get in the room, there's there's just going to be magic that's happening usually. So that's awesome. So, okay. So there's, you know, there's a lot of listeners that I think are probably going to be new to the co-writing process. Could you just Mm -hmm. speak a little bit to, to what the co-writing process and maybe just, you know, drop a few nuggets of advice for somebody that's, you know, (laughs) trying to get into it. Absolutely. Before I approached songwriting, I've, I've always done the artist thing until I moved to Nashville. Then I focused just on songwriting. And up till then, I just wrote when the feeling hit me, you know, like I had an idea and I would just write it. And I mainly wrote by myself. I didn't know anything about co-writing. And then I came here and I learned that, you know, you're scheduling rights just like a regular job. Like <laughs> it's a real job, you know, yep. it's not just this inspiration that it's out of the sky. The main thing I learned um, right away is just listen to the room when you get in there. Let everybody be their self because you want them to have bring the best to the table. And they can't do that if they're all jumbled up or nervous you know so just just kind of be as personable as you can and if you can have a conversation with somebody usually you can write a song with them pretty well but Mm -hmm. try not to the instinct a lot of times for me was to show them what I can do you know like and hey I've got all these great ideas and just almost be over ambitious in the room so I learned to settle down a little bit and listen and most of the time I have a different approach if I'm writing with writers or if I'm writing with songwriters. Mm -hmm. I didn't know there was a difference. Um, Like if I'm writing with an artist, that's a direct line to getting a cut. And that's kind of what we're here for. So I want to hear what the artist wants to say. Hey, what are you missing in your catalog? Or do you have something that's just kind of in your head today that you're feeling like writing? And then I I just kind of take what they're giving me and just embellish and, you know, well, hey, what do you think about this direction? When you're in the room with another songwriter, it's a completely different process because, you know, they've got these great ideas they're bringing to the table. And then you're thinking, well, who, who would say this? You don't, you don't have to ask that question if you're in the room with an artist because you know exactly who you're, who you're talking to. And right. occasionally those artists are writing for other people too, you know, to pitch to other artists. But for, for the most part, they know what they want to say. And, you know, if they're mostly invested in a song, you know, a lot of times they're going to go ahead and record it. So That's interesting. <laughs> so when you get so talk if you could just a little bit about like when you go into a, a room with another songwriter for example mm-hmm. how do you how do you work out your split if you can you know, and if you have details that you don't want to share that's perfectly cool but just give mm-hmm. us a for instance that would be helpful because I know a lot of a lot of new songwriters don't understand what a split is and you know how to go about facilitating that 
Absolutely. Yeah. For the most part, I follow the general rule. If there's two people in the room, it's 50-50. If there's three in the room, it's 33-33-33. Mm-hmm. Um, if there are special circumstances, I have written with an artist um, and then kind of just left the room and the song was just not quite there, but it was still good. It had some good bones, you know, and so the artist then took it to somebody else and worked on it and kind of created something new, but from the basis that we had. And they, they then contacted me and was like, Hey, do you mind if we change this split a little bit? Because I love what we started with, but we kind of made it different, (laughs) you know? And so I, to me, I'm completely fine with that because my view on that is a little bit, (laughs) of something is better than all of nothing. Sure. And so if you are hard to work with and no, I mean, there's times you believe in a song and it's just like, well, no, this, this is really meaning something to me. I think this line should stay and you should fight for that line if you feel that, but you got to learn to pick your battles. And if the artist feels it more than you do, you got to be willing to concede and, you know, be easy to work with, not, not get ran over. Cause that's easy to do in this business. If you're, you know, <laughs> to, tenderhearted I guess or kind-hearted but yeah you got to be willing to compromise and you know but for the most part the splits are pretty much even I, I always say hey if you're not sure about it talk about it it's business it's not you know it's not out of the question to ask questions yeah. when you don't understand and when you're in the room with somebody you just want to always make sure you have those those things lined out before you know, it, it comes time to, to do those. Like you don't want to wait till a song's getting cut to discuss the splits. I say discuss them during the room while you're in the room. Some people still will fill out split sheets while they're in the room. I have no problem with that. I think people that do the paperwork and keep records are the smartest ones in the groups. (laughs) I'm not always that person, but I, I admire anybody that wants to cross all the T's and dot all the I's. Well, it's smart. And it's like you said, it's just good business. And and if you can take the emotion out of it, if you can yeah. come to it without, you know, freaking out inside your head and going, oh, this <laughs> yeah. could go really bad. If you just, yeah, yeah if yeah. you're calm. Well, there's and, so many, yeah. No, go ahead. Go there's ahead. so many unknowns. There's so many unknowns to freak about, so, freak out about. So if you can save yourself one, then that's, <laughs> that's good. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, I have to always go back to what Judy said when, you know, I took her retreat is, you know, mm-hmm. it's talk about the hard stuff first because you know if you can if you can get the split thing out of the way and then once you feel comfortable talking to somebody about that then you never know what is going to come out of your right if you already get to that level with people maybe that's the starting point and you know just being open and vulnerable and saying okay well Mm -hmm. if if we can talk about this openly we're Mm going to write some good material today (laughs) absolutely yeah yeah and being able to to talk about that openly a lot of times I approached the music business as in everybody knew more than I did. And I was starting from an underdog position and, you know, that's not the way you should approach it. You know, you, you should learn as much about the business that you're in as you can. Google is great. YouTube is great. Um, NSAI has these little videos, highly recommend the Judy Stakey retreat. Mm -hmm. Um, That was my first songwriter retreat ever. And it literally changed my life. It changed the way that I write songs and it had changed the way that I approached myself as a songwriter, um, you know, NSA is a great organization. I interned with global songwriters and I can't say enough great things about Sharice Boltor and that organization. It's great for making connections and Sheree mentors and, and helps explain aspects of the music business that you might not understand that she's, you know, been around enough to know and, and can help guide you in a way that 
for your direction that you're wanting to go. So I love all of those assets and, you know, things are at our disposal in this town. So for sure. So talk a little bit more about the Global Songwriters Connection. What uh, what did you do for them? Uh, You know, just shed some light on that experience. Absolutely. I had heard I was always a member of NSAI and I had friends tell me, well, you know, there's Global Songwriters Connection as well. And I I thought, well, just another membership to pay, (laughs) you know, but it's actually only I think it's 50 a year. But you can do um, membership um, things like mentoring with Cherie. You can get song evaluations. Uh, she'll help connect you with other writers. She does a program called the um, um, Focus Participants, I believe. And, you know, she can mentor you. And that's actually like artist development and music business all wrapped into one. And then she, you know, caters toward your career path and things like that. I, I mainly interned. I met Cherie at a songwriter event and we just kind of clicked and she was like, Hey, my intern just got signed to a pub deal. So I'm going to need a new one. Is it something that you would be interested in? And I'm basically, I was answering phones. I was helping do spreadsheets. I was calling publishers, helping set up mentor sessions, helping set up focus retreats and songwriter retreats and things like that. So I got to see, behind the scenes of a lot of really high profile music industry people through that connection. So it was, it was huge, huge benefit for me. Wow. That's awesome. Now I remember, (laughs) I remember when you, when you got that position and you were so excited about it and, um, but man, girl, you were before COVID, you were, you were burning the candle at both ends. I just, I, I feel like it was, it was like every time I looked at Facebook, you were somewhere writing with somebody or you were playing somewhere. So, so during, during COVID, um, did you, did you get a chance to just kind of like calm down and, you know, regroup and start just doing some, you know, songwriting for yourself or did you continue to co-write? Um, I continued to co-write with my group. We had a, a little small core group that we were comfortable enough that we knew each other and you know the first the first month I don't think anybody knew what to do we were all we were just kind of sitting back and that's about the time we were house hunting and moving and so it all happened that we moved to a a new house that we were remodeling during all that so we were busy that first month getting ready and moving and things like that but then it yeah it continued um zoom rights became a big thing um and then my core group that we kind of all hang out it's like Ava Page, Allie Colleen, John Mullins, Drake White, all these these people that I've been fortunate enough to write with on a day-to-day basis, Matt Wynn, you know, some amazing artists and writers. They they kind of just kept doing what we were doing and it's it's like I didn't set out to write a whole 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 lot. I did want to immerse myself in songwriting. And so I took the artists part of me and kind of put it on the back burner Mm -hmm. and it was just kind of like when you know how music comes and goes the flow the inspiration kind of comes and goes some days it's just flowing like a fountain and other days you feel like you're in a dry spell yeah so instead of worrying about what (laughs) setting a schedule or anything like that for I'm gonna write more this time I'm gonna kind of guide it by hey if the writing's flowing and everything's going good I'm just going to go. And then when, if it seems like it's time to take a break, I'm just going to follow that instinct. And I, you know, after June, I'm, I'm going to try and calm down a bit because that's when most artists are getting back on the road and touring a lot. And so I thought maybe back in the fall, I could hit songwriting again and just kind of focus on replenishing and, and just taking a, a breather from writing so much after, you know, June and into July. So Sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so writing with like uh, people like Ava Page and uh, Drake White and Ali Colleen. So, can you talk about like talk about that dynamic a little bit? Because I know that you know for some songwriters, some people are like, well. I want to co-write, but I don't feel like I'd be very good at it because, you know, some people are just stronger in the room than other people. So, yeah, just talk about that dynamic a little bit if you could. Absolutely. The I'm just blessed to have found a great group of people because it's not hard to, to just love the people that I'm writing with. The main thing is relationship. If you go into a room with somebody new, don't feel like a failure because you leave that room without a full song or, hey, we only got a, a chorus written in a – you know, part of a verse, don't feel like that's a failure because I've heard over and over and over that this business is all about relationships. And it is, Mm -hmm. if you're, you know, hanging out with somebody all the time and you're clicking and you're writing songs together, you're going to get great songs because you're comfortable with each other. So that aspect of it comes before anything with, with Drake, he and I are from the same hometown and we get in a room and he's just like a force of nature. He's just spitting off lyrics and I'm basically just catching everything that I can that he says (laughs) and then we'll arrange it. And I'll usually, you know, play a guitar riff over something that he hums or, you know, and then Allie, it, it just depends on what mood she's in that day. If she wants to write a fast or slow or or whatever, I kind of let her take the lead on what she's feeling because to me, she's the artist in the room, but she's also my friend. And I, I think she's an amazing songwriter in her own right. I mean, some of the stuff that she's just written by herself is just like, wow. Absolutely. So I kind of just, you know, lay back and (laughs) wherever I can add, or if she's not feeling anything real strong that day, then I'll throw out some ideas and be like, well, what do you think about this? And, you know, we may jive on that. And as for Ava, oh my goodness, I met Ava when she was 14. Mm -hmm. And when we were about to write, I was like, well, I guess I better dust off some of the old teenager ideas and things like that. And man, I was blown away. She's, (laughs) she's such an old soul that uh, she has this depth to her writing that I didn't even have to worry about bringing up teenage ideas because this girl's like, she's amazing. So that's awesome. (laughs) we have written together so much and we've got this, this great friendship that we just kind of finish each other's sentences now at this point. So, and we usually seem to be on the same page. We write and drop D a good bit. Mm-hmm. We love whiskey songs and anything kind of a swampy country groove. We like that kind of stuff. So it's each, each person's different, but it's just like your friends, you know, you just, you, you want to have that relationship developed above all. So. That's beautiful. Well, and and I've I've not actually seen Ava uh, sing or perform yet. I've, I've, I mean, I've <laughs> seen some of her videos and things on YouTube. I've actually seen Allie Colleen in person. Um, yeah, yeah. I think actually, weren't we at uh, one of her rounds over there at the scoreboard? Weren't I believe we were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the local, I think we yeah. were together at the local, and she was there that night as well too. Yeah. The- that's right. Local's a great spot. So. Yeah. I, I love the local. Um, <laughs> no, Allie is, Allie, you're right. Allie's a fantastic songwriter, but the, the stuff that I've seen Ava put out, I mean, for, for as young as she is, man, what a writer. <laughs> it's, it, it's just mind blowing. So, uh, I mean, we didn't intend to plug these, these artists, but if, if y'all are <laughs> listening, please go listen to Allie Colleen and please go listen to Ava Page because they yeah. are incredible. Just incredible. They are. They are. And I can name so many in my group. You know, I, I don't want to leave anybody out. There's so many amazing artists in this town. I mean, mm-hmm. you could just throw a rock and hit 25 amazing, amazing artists. And 
You just, you find your core group. You, you kind of write with everybody that you can until you find the ones that, that just fit what you like to do. And, you know, you always kind of want to be open to writing to people, but I've, I've heard this as well. Find your tribe, find your group of people that brings out the best in you Mm -hmm. as well as ones that you can help them say what they want to say in a a new and unique way. So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Aaron and I were just talking the other day. We we do a clubhouse every Monday um, at like 11 a.m. And so this, our topic that's coming up is surrounding yourself with the right people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, so I, important. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, not just, not just on a, on a personal level, but like you said, I mean, on a songwriting level, when you find those people that you can jive with, I mean, and it's also like performing on stage. There are just, there are certain performers that you just click with, you know, and they, they, they understand you. They understand, you know, what's about to come out of you. And, yeah, and I think it's yeah. just, I think it's wonderful that you found that group of people, Kelly. That's just, it's beautiful. <laughs> Well, thank you. It took about a year and a half after getting into town to, for that develop. And I, I'll have to admit it, that first year I was so frustrated because I felt like I was just spinning my wheels and writing with everybody and wearing myself out. And I wasn't getting songs that I just loved, you know, they weren't bad by any means, but there was nothing that I connected with yet. But once I settled into, I'm just going to make the room the best it can be. When I get in this room, it's not going to be about me pushing my ideas or I have to have this in this song. Let's, let's just create the best song that we can with the best group that we got. And, you know, like I said, if I leave the room without a full song done, but I have invested in that relationship and they want to ride again and we, you know, we've clicked another notch on the closeness scale, then that's, that was a success. Turn them up loud, let them spin me around, start thinking about you. Absolutely. Having a successful room doesn't always mean that you're turning out a full song at the end of it. If Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I've, that I've actually been in a, in a co-writing situation with Kelly. And I, I think that you have an innate ability to find melodies. And so I was, (laughs) I was hoping you could maybe discuss your process when you are writing a song, like, you know, what comes first for you? Is it the lyrics? Is it, you know, do you get the melody first? You know, what is your process there? It's so strange. It's always been the whole package for me. I've, I could never, you know, sometimes when I'm driving in the car, that's when I get my biggest ideas. I'll have these words come into my head, but it's always in a rhythm, always into like how they would fit into a melody. So it's like, I'm hearing the melody with the song as I hear these words. And I, I can't explain how the process happens. It's almost like somebody's whispering this in your ear when, you know, every now and then you'll, you'll see a song on the road that 
gives you an idea or you hear, hear somebody say something and you're like, oh, I got to write that down. But for me, for the most part, it's just something that just comes to you in the middle of nowhere that's just kind of whispered in your ear. And for me, it's always music when I'm writing solo, always music and lyrics together. But when I'm in a room, it's kind of like if I'm in there with this killer guitar player, I'm not going to start throwing guitar licks out there. I'm going to see what they're bringing <laughs> and see what what they're feeling and like go from that and see if there's anything I can do to to kind of make it change this way or, or keep it like it is and embellish it. You know, I just kind of see if there's I usually wind up being the music person in the room for the most part mm-hmm. for, with the rooms that I'm in, I'm, I'm bringing the melody, but when I'm doing solo rights, it's all together. I can't kind of pull it apart. So. Wow. That's interesting. <laughs> I, I love knowing everybody's process because I think, I mean, over the years, my, my process has evolved. I, I mean, you know, I'm predominantly the, the instrumentalist. So, I mean, the guitar part yeah. is always coming first, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then, I mean, when we did our co-write, I literally had woke up at 3 a.m. and wrote all of those lyrics, and then I went right back to sleep. <laughs> yep, yes, in there for sure. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's really cool. So, all right, so you said that you were, you know, kind of letting your artist career kind of take a backseat. Is that still the case, or are you working on some stuff for yourself right now? I'm working on a few things um, as an artist, and I'll, I will always. That sounds kind of misleading when I say that I'm letting it take the back seat. I'll, I'll perform till I'm 90 if I can. <laughs> I will always be an artist. But as far as coming to Nashville to chase an artist deal or record deal, that was not my primary goal. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people uh, have known me from playing in bluegrass bands or playing in, you know, whatever scenario. And they thought, well, when I moved to Nashville, I was trying to get a deal. Yeah. And that's not the case. I, I moved here specifically to be a songwriter and have other people cut my songs. And then um, I kind of want to be the Patty Griffin. I want to have other people, <laughs> amazing artists singing my songs. And then I get to go and play some small theater and do the songwriter thing. But, yeah. And, you know, that's kind of my sweet spot where it's always been. So. I have to, I identify with that a lot. Um <laughs> That's, that's beautiful. Well, and I think, you know, I mean, you've been performing since what, I think you've been singing since the age of four. Yeah. Right? In church. Yeah. Grew up singing in church. I just, that's all I've ever done. I don't know a time when music was not front and center for me, you know, so, but I didn't do it professionally until I was in my early twenties. So I've been in the performing professionally for almost 20, for over 20 years, actually. I don't even know how old I am at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Age is just a number, I say. That's right. It is. Well, <laughs> well I mean, for somebody that's been performing since they were four years old, that, that bug has bit you and it will never, never stop. Like, that's just Absolutely. innate in who you are as a person. <laughs> so, and, and I think that's, I think it's really neat, though, that, you know, People who move to Nashville, like most of the time, everybody thinks, oh, they're going for the record deal. But, you know, mm-hmm. most people don't just go to Nashville because they want to be a songwriter. I mean, I, I feel like there's so many misconceptions about that from people who don't live in Nashville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's uh, the the world is just completely different there. But um, <laughs> so when did when did you move to Nashville, Kelly? It's almost four years in November. I've been here almost four years. Oh, cool. Very cool. All right. Yeah. And then, and so, and you moved from Alabama. I did. Northeast Alabama, a little town called Gadsden. Nice. 
So, uh, so where are some of your favorite spots to perform in Nashville? Where do you like to play the most? I mean, okay, pre-COVID, let's let's put a stipulation <laughs> on that. Pre-COVID, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I played uh, at the scoreboard a good bit with Allie, and I don't do the Broadway thing unless somebody's playing there and invites me. I not that I'd mind it. I just feel more comfortable in a songwriter setting. I love the listening room. Um, my first spot ever to perform a open mic was at the Commodore Grill. I think that's kind of the the starting place when you start performing Debbie champion's been a a huge encourager of all of songwriters um I actually am playing the national rescue mission next week and quite honestly it's one of the most enjoyable things I get to do those those guys that are working to put their lives back together and overcoming adversity and you get to go and share music with them and you see them singing along it's powerful That's, that's one of my favorites so that's and of awesome. course the local, um, there's there's so many great places you know, in Nashville to play. But those are some of my my kind of go to spots. Yep, uh, Commodore is is the place where most you know fledgling songwriters cut their teeth. And <laughs> Absolutely. So if uh, if you're listening and you want to know where to go, uh, go to the Commodore Grill at the Holiday Inn Commodore and Grill. look for yeah. Debbie Champion because she is she is the lady to talk to. Yes. So that's wonderful. Many so, people started started at the Commodore, and of course the Bluebirds. You know that's that's one of the the big spots. Third and Lindsley. I yeah. love Third and Lindsley. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love that venue. Kathy Mack is the sound engineer there. Uh, well, I, I know they have a few, but Kathy is just incredible, and it's it's so on, awesome to see a, a female behind the you know the console too. Um, I know, I know. Yeah, you don't see that much. You don't, and she's incredible. Honestly, I think she's one of the best sound engineers that I've ever had the the pleasure <laughs> of meeting. Um, just phenomenal, phenomenal talent. Very cool. Um, so, okay, so talk about this. So we have the the showcase that's coming up at the end of May. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I do want to talk about you being uh, a, a mom a little bit. So tell us about, you know, motherhood for you. How many kids do you have and all that? We have four all together. Um, I have two from my first marriage. My husband has one from his first marriage, and we have one together. And uh, we have a four-year-old grandson, mm-hmm. Brantley. <laughs> and my kids are my whole reason for living. Um, I wanted to make sure that they got to grow up in, in a small town environment around our family. And then, you know, once they graduated high school and it was just David and me and Emery still at home, we've got a 16 year old that's still at home. We kind of felt like it was, it was our time to, to move here. Things in his career had progressed so that he was in Nashville three days a week. And we were just like, you know what, if we want to do this music thing, maybe it's time. And so we, we just kind of jumped in and did that. And I miss my kids. The older two live in Alabama and our oldest Savannah actually lives in Scotland. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. You know, it, I feel like I'm the one that left and went to college cause I moved away. <laughs> and they're, they're still back home, but you know, we get together, we plan times when everybody's off work and we can get together and it, it doesn't have to be a holiday for me to mean a whole whole lot if we can all get together and have a good day and and hang out and I I talk to my daughter every day and I'll I'll call my son or text him he's he's a firefighter so he's not quite as on the phone as much as my daughter and I talk but you can still connect when you want to and they've just been the biggest joy in my life and I wanted they they've been my biggest inspiration you know on the days that I'm like what am I doing this for you know, deep down, it was like, I want to show my kids that you can work for a dream and accomplish it. You don't have to 
you know, settle for something that's just not setting your heart on fire. You can, you can chase that dream. Oh, wow. That is cool. That is super cool. Well, I, I am in awe of you and your songwriting abilities Mm -hmm. and, uh, I just, I think the world of you. So, uh, do me a favor. Thank you, Katie. The (laughs) feeling is absolutely mutual. (laughs) Oh, bless your heart. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, so, so tell, tell everybody where they can find you and your music, Kelly. Sure enough. Um, I have a website. It's thekellyjohnson.com. I have some videos and music on there. And when I start booking again, <laughs> I'll put those dates on there. Um, Instagram and Facebook are the Kelly Johnson, And I've got some clips of some stuff on there. And YouTube is Kelly Johnson Music. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And happy Mother's Day. Thank you so much, Katie. I appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you, darling. And we cannot wait to have you at the end of May at this showcase. So y'all make sure that you, oh, it's going to be good. (laughs) It's going to be so good. We got the the Hellcats that are going to back up Kelly and uh, my sister and I are actually going to be playing too. So it's going to be a good time. So, all right. Well, y'all heard it here. Check out the Kelly Johnson and she's on Facebook, Instagram, all of the above. So thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you, Katie. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Kelly. I just loved having you on the show and talking about your songwriting process and all of the really neat tips and tricks you gave our our songwriters who are looking to really make it in the business. So if you'd like to learn more about Kelly, you can find her at thekellyjohnsonmusic.com. Links will be in the show notes for sure. Thank you once again to Aaron McClendon for our theme song, Shake It In My Boots. You can find that on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, all the good places. To learn more about us, you can visit us at musiconthemovestudios.com slash paradoxjukebox. I'm your host, Katie Thompson. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time, y'all.